Welcome to the Modern Miss Mason podcast. My name is Leah Bowden and you're listening to Off the Cuff. Hi Leah, my name is Elizabeth and I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan and I would love to know a little bit more about how you've implemented Charlotte Mason's um, uh, reading, uh, helping your children learn how to read. My daughter is right at that age right now, and um, some of the steps have worked a little bit better for her than others, and I've supplemented different ideas. I was curious if you ever used a program or if you just followed exactly Charlotte Mason's style and approach to teaching reading. Really, I yes, I would just love an off-the-cuff about teaching your child to read. Thank you. Hi, Elizabeth. Yes, it would be my absolute joy to share an off-the-cuff session on teaching our children to read or even facilitating coming alongside them as they learn to read and as they learn to decode the written written language and written words. It's a really wonderful stage of um, home educating life and of parenting is suddenly seeing um, this kind of mass of words on a page become clear to a child and their eyes light up and say, I can read. And this happens at all different stages of a child's life. There is no particular age when they should read. Please don't believe that. Um, I know many children that have um, learned decoded language at a young age, four, five, six, and I remember speaking to one home educating mum who was a kind of, she would have classified herself as an unschooler or her family is an unschooling family, and I remember her telling me how one of her children didn't really become fully fluent in reading until he was 14. And socially, that can, you might be, you might have heard that just now, and you're, you know, what was your reaction? And I found my, my reaction interesting, because you immediately start thinking, but what about, you know, and when she said fluent, you know, she was referring to reading full on chapter books and sitting down and devouring the Hobbit or something. Um, but the written word is so much a part of our everyday life, isn't it? Reading recipes and signs on, you know, notes on the back of a shampoo bottle, uh, road signs, signs in the park um, and children do begin to read those things at a very young age they recognize the symbols they recognize letters but often the full decoding of language and being able to fluently and fluidly read a story or book can take time and as home educators we have the we do have time that's what we have we have space we have opportunity to slow that process down so that children don't hate reading or don't feel like they're forced or cajoled into it, but that it's something that is a wonderful part of life that they will get there eventually. And that's how I always um, kind of communicated it with my children is that, you know, reading will get there. You'll figure it out. You'll get to decode these words and then 
the world will open up to you. And it does. It's such a wonderful thing. And I think if we communicate reading in such a way that it's not a a lesson that must be learned, but it is a life skill that will open up the world. The world is suddenly a hundred times bigger, a thousand times bigger when you can read. Because once you can read, you can read stories, you can read books, you can read maps, you can read travel tales. And I remember constantly saying that to my children, one day you'll be able to read these for yourself. And it, it's almost, even just talking about it now, quite amazing to suddenly be a mother of um, four, well, adult, teenager and older child children who are all, um, you know, prolific, voracious readers. Uh, they're not all voracious readers. That would be a lie. Sorry. But they all can all read very well. Some of them enjoy devouring books more than others. So it can have a very different effect, can't it? Um, but they can all read signs <laughs> and recipes and pick up a book whenever they want. So truly off the cuff, I'm waffling. That's what we, uh, that's what's going on here. So here's the thing Elizabeth asked about, have I used a program? You know, how do you do this? I've tried different things. And yes, there were some consistent kind of things that I did with my children but uh, and there are many many educational theories and practices around teaching children to read and they they do they do decode language when they're ready and we mustn't force or be fearful of the process and I'm not talking about being fearful of teaching our children to read but fearful that they won't and that there's something wrong and you end up having to do you know, we should get them tested for this, that and the other. No, just wait, just give them time and be patient. So the beginning stages for me and what I would recommend to any mothers with young children, and this is, this sounds obvious, but you know, uh, begin by reading aloud, sitting with your children as they read. So uh, as you read, uh, often we do read alouds when our children are falling asleep or they're playing with something. But I would encourage as your children get into an age where they could read themselves, they could begin to decode language, have them sit on your knee or, or sit next to them whilst you're reading so they can follow the words with you. And you could put your finger along on the words and, and follow so they can see the word that you're actually reading. And as they are listening to you and following with their eyes on books, they're learning about sounds and rhyme and sentences and cadence and characters and storylines and adventure. And uh, it's just amazing. And we don't want to ruin that by forcing you know, reading practice especially when they're not ready and especially when they're not remotely interested. So if you feel like you're that your child is getting frustrated, you're spelling and sounding out words and you're making sure they're trying to do a page a day and you're sat down and they're getting upset and frustrated, I really would just review that. Or review what you're doing, take a step back and how can you bring a fresh approach to your child engaging with language, with words? So here's one thing that I did um, 
which I shared many, many years ago, and lots of people have done this. And I call this beautiful words. Um, I know some people have termed this interesting words or fascinating words with whatever the word, whatever term um, your child relates to most. Um, but we always call this beautiful words, this kind of process. And I began introducing my children to individual words from books and poems that we were reading. So, you know, we'd read a short story or a poem, and then I would say to the child with me, you can pick one of your favorite words from this poem or from this story. And something that often would I would encourage them to pick a word that sound, you know, felt nice to say, like twinkle, um, or looked fun written down, like owl. And once they had picked the word, if the child was confident enough, they could write it out, copy it out on a piece of paper, or I would do that for them. And then they could illustrate the word next to where they had written it. So for instance, we'd have a, a, the word rainbow and then a little picture of a rainbow next to it, or the word acorn with, the, with a little acorn next to it, or the word happy with a smiley face next to it. And I would have these in little on little slips of paper and I would put them in a folder that was marked beautiful words. And then what we would do is, is just, you know, every time we pick a new word, we'd get all the other words out and then I would go through them and the children would like make sentences with them or just spread them all out. And often they were just looking at the picture and then saying the word. But eventually, as they were learning to read, they would they would recognize the letters and put the letters together. But there's this introduction to language taken from beautiful books, taken from living uh, resources, taken from living poetry, rather than just random words, a set of flashcards, you know, which there's nothing wrong with stuff like that. But, you know, Charlotte Mason wanted it all to be connected and, and so you are using living books, you are using nature, you're using what we have at our fingertips, really, to be able to connect our children with language in the world around them. So now alongside this, just reading to children and having them sit with you while you are reading a book and um, and then picking out words that stand out to them and you know, having these words as a point of conversation is just really fun. So alongside this, you can introduce the sounds of the alphabet or you can introduce phonics. I really liked a program called Jolly Phonics that is actually used in the school system. Well, it was when my children were very little. It was used in primary schools here. You can you guys can tell me if it's still used now. I don't know, but I quite like Jolly Phonics because you were introducing sounds with um, and it it was you know auditory, so they're listening and doing actions rather than it all being about you know reading, reading, reading. And as they began to recognise these sounds from sound and sight and then they began to sound them out themselves and then it all kind of started to fall together and I would do this alongside our folder of beautiful words and I would do this alongside sitting with my children and reading to them and then sometimes what eventually as, as this kind of filled out and as this um, as they became 
I could, you know, I can start to hear them reading out words or confidently. Sometimes you children will read a supermarket sign as they're walking in or they, they you know, they, you go shopping with them and they're suddenly reading the signs around you. They read Apple or, you know, engage, help your children engage with language, not just in the books in your home, but actually around you as you are traveling, as you are shopping, as you're in different people's homes. Friends, I'm just pausing the podcast for a couple of moments to tell you some very exciting news. The Charlotte Mason Unboxed course has moved. It has been decorated. We are now on a brand new platform. Those of you who have uh, been members for a while know that unfortunately Coursecraft has closed down the platform we were using. So we've moved everything over to Thinkific and it is looking beautiful. We have almost renovated the whole thing and we are ready for you to come on over. So if you are already a member, if you are um, Charlotte Mason Unboxed alumni, uh, today you will have had some communication from us and just be a little bit patient as we're getting getting you all moved over safely so you can start to look through the course again. Remember that your old progress hasn't been saved, but I'm sure you'll remember and be able to start again afresh and go through Uh, go through the course. For those of you who have never um, done the Charlotte Mason Unbox course or become a member of that program, once you sign up, you're a member for life and we do add to it and improve it as much as we can. And this weekend, we have a great deal for you. If you want to sign up for the Charlotte Mason Unbox course, you can get 25% off by using the code Unboxed newbie unboxed u-n-b-o-x-e-d n-e-w-b-i-e all lowercase you can use the code unbox newbie and get 25% off for this launch weekend tell your friends if you're on there and you have loved it and you've benefited from it then we want you to get your friends on there as well it is a brilliant course if you are new to charlotte mason if you need a refresher or you just need to be reminded of what the philosophy is what the methods mean and, and, and how it looks in a 21st century home implemented into your home there are videos there are written reflections there's audio on there I mean, some of those audio is just me chatting to you about what is written, uh, and then you get a chance to reflect for yourself and talk to the community on there and talk to me about how you um, how you are implementing the Charlotte Mason philosophy in your home. We've got a whole section called Unboxing the Subjects where we go through 10 of the core kind of subjects that are often taught in Charlotte Mason homes and um, you know what that can look like for you in your homeschool as well. There's so much on there. There's almost about 50 lessons, I think. So you can really take your time. Remember, you sign up once, you remember for life, and we do add to it. I will be on there communicating with it and we'll be developing it all the time. So grab the code, click the link in the details of the podcast, and I will see you over on the Charlotte Mason and Box course. I remember having one of my children, I can't remember which one it was, reading ASDA, which is, if you're in the UK, you'll know exactly what ASDA is. Um, If you're in the States, it's basically Walmart. Um, And they read ASDA. 
and they felt very proud of themselves because they'd seen a sign and they'd read it. And it's very exciting for children to suddenly, it's like, you know, well, I, I use the word decoding a lot, but it's like being blind to something and suddenly being able to see. You imagine a, lots of lines put together and you have no clue what they mean. And suddenly if one day you, it all becomes clear and you can hear the sound and you can see it clearly. It's a really wonderful thing. It's really exciting. And this is why we should be enthusiastic about what it means for our children rather than it just being forced because it's something that they should do and it's good for them. But actually, it's wonderful to learn how to read and they will get there. And I want to say that to you as you are saying that to your children. But I know I get messages where mothers are being are concerned and they're stressed and they're kind of feeling they're feeling the pressure from other people saying aren't they reading yet and this is how I answer those people <laughs> and this is how I taught my children if they were slightly um you know if people I was going to say slightly later but there, there's no race and they are not competing against anybody else so they can't be behind always remember that um they're running their own race so they can't be behind anybody else. But I remember starting some of my kids, if they were not reading at the same time as the people who were in school, people would say, you know, can't, can't you read that? And they'd say, I can read, but I just can't read all the words yet. <laughs> and I'd give them kind of this language and confidence to say, you know what, I, I can read some words, but just not all of them. Or I haven't put them all together yet, or I just can't read all of them yet. And as soon as you start to feel insecure about it, or you're starting to make excuses around people, your kids will pick up on that. So stay confident together that this is something wonderful and beautiful to work towards. It's going to open up the world. You're going to do this together, and there is no rush. So what I would do there in the kind of final picture, um, and there are lots of there are lots of reading schemes and books that are early readers, but really choose them well. I remember very early on in my homeschool journey, I don't know if somebody gave me them or I picked them up really cheap, but I had this whole reading scheme, they were all colours, all different colours, and I was very proud to be a homeschool mum who owned this whole reading scheme. I think, you know, and they, they may have, there were dozens and dozens of these books and I think we may have used two or three in the whole of our home educating years uh, because they were boring. They were boring stories and no, none of my children, you know, why would you, after hearing from birth, wonderful, incredible living stories, poetry, fables, rhymes, suddenly having to read these ridiculously boring books that have no storyline, that they just, yeah. So I would pick stories and books and beautiful things that, that my children could read. Um, and I would just sit with them and, you know, we would read them together. So it, it may be a board book. It may have been a simple book with fewer words and more pictures and and to me that's fine charlotte mason wasn't a huge fan of um lots and lots of pictures in books i think she found that it could be distracting 
from the stories but you know that's I like pictures in stories I love illustrations and um I would sit then with my children and we would read together so they would read and then if they stumbled to get around a word rather than just trying to break it down spell it out I would read the word and then we would just kind of to and fro reading the words they could read and I would read the other words and then eventually they that would shift them to them being able to read all the words um which is so fun so I will tell you um again I told you Charlotte Mason was a huge fan of picture books actually um she wasn't a huge fan of doing tons of reading to our children when they were very young so um I've just pulled up a quote um, as quick as I can in my off-the-cuff fashion but this quote comes from Formation of Character and she said this away with books and reading to for the first five or six years of life the endless success succession of storybooks scenes shifting like a paranormal before the child's vision is a mental and moral dissipation he gets nothing to grow upon or is allowed no leisure to digest what he gets it is contrary to nature, um, which is interesting, isn't it? And with all um, our reading of Charlotte Mason, we have to take it, we have to understand the cultural context and we have to um, really understand why she said it, what that was about. And some of her stuff is reactionary to what was going on at the time. And this is this actual uh, what she says here is really wanting to encourage children to be outside as much as possible and i think there was often this pull into for parents to almost um encourage kind of academia really early in life so reading 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 must read lots and lots and lots of the children they're sat still they're not being they're not moving and charlotte's like get them outside they need to connect with nature they need to get their brain stimulated and as as we know here we are in the 21st century we know research shows that reading to our children is really important <laughs> And it is actually amazing for them, for us, for our relationships. I mean, it builds language, it develops literary skills, it develops connections and relationships. Um, and it also helps them get ready for reading and show an interesting reading. So there are so many things that uh, benefit from, uh, that benefit children and us from being together around those books. So here's the thing, we take the nugget of truth from that kind of late 19th century wisdom or early 20th century wisdom from Charlotte Mason, which is get them outside as much as possible. Absolutely, get them outside. Be outside, connect with nature, and then come in, get a hot chocolate, and read a book together. That would be my advice. So I would love to know from you, why don't you um, leave a message email me, leave a message on my Instagram, um, tell me how you go about teaching your children to read, what have you found to be successful. Um, those of you who know me know I am, you know, as much as possible, I kind of stay away from using set programs and curriculum if I really feel I can do, I, I don't need to. Um, 
initially in my early days some of that was a financial decision um, because they were very expensive the ones that were available but as I grew more confident in my just in my mothering in my ability to connect with my children and, and reveal to them the wonders of the world and the literary world through the things that we had on our shelves and in our libraries I knew I could do it without spending tons of money on programs and curriculums um, if you prefer to do that and you, that has been successful for you absolutely fantastic there are loads of great ones out there to help guide you as you guide your child but I would also say a little bit of confidence and a few good books and you can help you will be well on your way to teaching your children to read okay I think that is it. That is my off the cuff session for Elizabeth answering her question about teaching children to read. I hope that's helpful. Uh, the idea behind these sessions is that they truly are um, off the cuff. It's what I would say if you just asked me that question over coffee in my house. Um, so it's not the be all and end all. It's not every little tiny bit of advice, um, but it is how we have approached reading with success at varying stages of a child's life. So let me know how you do it. I'd love to hear from you. And if you have a moment, it really, really, really is helpful to get a five-star review on the podcast app, especially on, uh, I think it's Apple Podcasts. They love it on there. And leave just a comment, a little comment to say why you enjoyed the podcast. Um, it's not really for me. Um, it's not like a, you know, applauding me. <laughs> really what it does, it's a way of boosting the podcast algorithm and helps other people find the podcast, which, you know, we're all about encouragement over here and community. So if we can do that more, that would be amazing. Okay, well, I will be back here next week with another off the cuff session. Don't forget, you can drop me a line via Instagram email or use the voice note um, link which is in the details of this podcast and you can let me know what you would like me to talk about in the on these off the cuff sessions until then i'll speak to you next week mm -hmm.